We're really glad that you're here today, and we're continuing a series that got started a couple of weeks ago called The Real Jesus. The Real Jesus. We had kind of a bit of a soft launch to this series on Easter Sunday as we talked about Jesus being the wounded lamb for wounded people, and because he was the wounded lamb, that he is the Savior. And then the following week, we talked about how he is so graceful and so merciful beyond our wildest imaginations. And we're going to continue our focus on the real Jesus today by looking at what is really kind of the anchor passage for this series. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. As you're going there in your Bible, your tablet, maybe on the the digital worship guide in our app. I want to say that Jesus has and has in the past received a lot of attention. He's notorious, infamous, famous, highly regarded. I mean, we could say that he's, you know, the most famous person in the history of of America and arguably the most famous person in the history of the world. And there's a lot of attention that's given to him and people talk about him and they they curse him and they take his name for granted and they worship him. And Jesus floats in and out of our daily conversations as a whole. But although there are many different views and aspects and perspectives on Jesus, for example, there is the Bible Belt Jesus and maybe what our grandma told us who he is. And then there is secular Jesus and We kind of are exposed to who he is in news media and in social media. But I, through this series, want to share with you that when you come to know the real Jesus, which is our hope here at Waterview, that you'll come to know the real Jesus. We're not here necessarily worshiping Bible Belt Jesus nor secular Jesus. Our heart is to come to know the real Jesus. Because when you come to know the real Jesus, everything about your life will be transformed. Everything about your life will change. And and you will see your faith come alive in a way that you never dreamed possible. And that's why the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 1, he says, you'll remember, friends, that when I first came to you, to let you in on God's sheer genius, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First, Jesus and who he is. Then, Jesus and what he did. Jesus crucified. This resonates so deeply with me because the Apostle Paul, who is the founder really of the New Testament church as we know it in all different parts of the world, wrote 13 different books of the New Testament. The Apostle Paul says, here's here's my goal, here's my game plan, here's what I do. I'm not going to try to wow you or impress you by giving you all kinds of fancy oratory. I'm not even going to necessarily get into the the mysteries of the scripture. I, I want to keep it plain and simple. I want to keep the focus on Jesus. I want to get all eyes 
on Jesus, who he is. I want you to know the real Jesus. And then secondly, I want you to know what he did, Jesus crucified. And so today, I want to kind of just pick up the Apostle Paul's baton and just run with that another week in your life and just talk with you some more about who Jesus is, the, the real Jesus. The American Psychological Association showed in an annual report, a report over the last few years, not the most recent statistics, but recent enough to give us an idea of what's even playing out in our world. The American Psychological Association showed in an annual report that right now in the United States of America, 76% of us are stressed about money. 70% of us are stressed about work. 65% of us are stressed about the economy and that number rising daily as more and more debate rages on whether or not the economy is going to continue to go downhill, whether or not we're in a recession, what exactly is going to take place. 65% of us are stressed out. We're experiencing duress concerning the economy. 58% of us are filled with anxiety and stress about family responsibilities. 55% of us are tore up internally about relationships that are in our life. 52% of us have personal health concerns. Another 52% of us are stressed out about housing and what's happening in the housing market. Again, that number continually rising because of the lack of availability of housing, the rise in interest rates, the affordability of housing. 52% of us are stressed out about housing. There's 49% of us, again, back to the economy, potential recession. 49% of us are stressed out about our job stability. 47% of us are stressed out about health problems that our family, our direct family members, things that they are facing. That is a lot of stress involving a lot of different stressed out people. In fact, today you wouldn't even necessarily need to reveal what you're stressed about, but do we have any stressed out people here in church on this Sunday morning? Yeah, I'd imagine that we could all raise our hands. We're stressed out. We live in a, a, a stressful world. We live in a stressful society. And listen, friends, this stress and all of this worry and concern, it has a negative effect on you and I. You, you cannot run with this much stress, this much concern, without it eventually causing some breakdowns in different parts of your life. In fact, all of this stress and what we're under, what we have been under, it leads to physical, mental, emotional problems, as well as there are direct correlative connection between medical symptoms that we'll experience as well, all the result of the stress that's on Americans' health. Another report reveals that because of all that's happening, 45% of us are dealing with 
irritability and anger. 41% of us are dealing with fatigue, just exhaustion. 39% of us just have an overall lack of interest. We have an overall lack of motivation or energy. We just have lost our zest for life. We used to love to do this, that, and the other. Now we're just kind of ambivalent about it all. There's this general malaise that lays over us like a blanket, or at least 39% of us. 36% of us, we're dealing with nervousness and anxiety. 36% of us have chronic headaches. 34% of us are dealing with outright depression and an overall consuming darkness and sadness. 30% of us have feelings of uncontrollable urges to cry. And I'm thankful that I'm not dealing with that in this moment or else this time together might be a little awkward if I would just begin to break down and cry uncontrollably. At least the Lord will help me to get through this time together. 26% of us are dealing with indigestion, major stomach and digestive issues. 21% of us have experienced a, a change in appetite. And there was not a lot of clarification given to that. I don't know if that means we are eating less or if we're eating more. But there's a change in appetite. And then there is 11% of us that are dealing with tightness in our chest, heart problems. We're, we're carrying real concern about our, our cardiac and our respiratory respiratory well-being, and we know, we could sit here all day and identify all of the different things, and some of this may resonate with you, but the bottom line is a lack of health can take on many different forms. A lack of health physically, a lack of health mentally, a, a lack of health emotionally, a lack of health spiritually, it can, it can manifest itself in a variety of different ways. But the bottom line remains that each of us need a healer for the wounds of life. We need a healer because although tradition and preconceived ideas teach us that church is a place that we come to where we pretend as though there's nothing wrong, where we pretend as though we have it all together, the reality of the matter here today from the most spiritual to those who are just questioning and seeking, the bottom line is all of us have hurts and all of us have been wounded and all of us need a healer. So this is a safe place today to just know that it's okay that you're hurting. It's okay that maybe you are needing healing in some aspect of your life. We need a healer for the wounds of life. Well, what does that have to do with the real Jesus. Well, the good news is, is that Jesus, Jesus the Christ, he is the healer. Jesus Christ is the healer. In fact, we, we start to see God's intentions and, and how God operates, God's plan to be involved in our life all the way back in the Old Testament. And do you know that the Old Testament is actually 
meant to be a progressive revelation of who God is, meaning that we are, we are privy to different aspects of him that he reveals to us over time with different people in different situations. He's revealing himself because he is ultimately bringing us to the place where he'll reveal the totality of who he is, his expressed image, the fullness of the Godhead when we look at Jesus Christ. But the Old Testament, we're given snapshots as we read different narratives and passages. We're given snapshots concerning who God is. In other words, if we could take ourselves back into time and immerse ourselves into Old Testament life and culture and happenings, depending on when we would insert ourselves, we would not have a full and total understanding picture of who God is because God, over time, revealed himself and, and showed off different aspects of his character and how he wanted to relate to us. For example, there are moments in the Old Testament where there were people lacking either food or financial provision. God would show up and he would show that he was a provider, that he would meet needs, that he would provide whatever it is that we needed in our life. And in that moment, as he revealed that aspect of his character, he would reveal a name that he could be identified as. And as, as we speak to this case, God who is the provider, he revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah meaning God, Lord, the all-powerful one. And, and so names were, were attached to this revelation of who he is. So he's a God that provides. He makes sure we have our daily bread. He helps us pay our bills. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who provides. And, and there are other examples of him revealing other aspects of, of himself. Perhaps there was a moment where there was utter and complete chaos and then the peace of God came and the peace of God calmed the angry waters and those in that moment saw that God is our God of peace. He is our source of peace. And in that moment, that aspect of his character as well as another name, Jehovah Shalom, was revealed. That he is a God that provides. He is also a God that brings peace. And we see that as this ongoing revelation of God is playing out in the Old Testament, ultimately bringing us to Jesus, who is the expressed image of God, who, who possesses the full and total deity of God, all the fullness of the God that dwells in Jesus bodily, Jesus, the complete, full, total picture of who God is and all he's about. As we're working up to that, another thing that God reveals about himself is that he is a healer. God, in the Old Testament, he heals. He does divine healing. And as that part of his character is revealed, a name is attached to that, like the others. Jehovah Jireh, our God who provides. Jehovah Shalom, our God who is peace. And Jehovah, the Lord who heals. In fact, we see this very early on in Exodus Chapter number 15, God speaks and says, For I am the Lord who heals you. Because listen, although technology has developed and changed, and although some aspects of societal issues have developed and changed, humanity has remained the same in that since the beginning of time, all of us have needed a healer. 
We've all been wounded. We've all been hurt. We need a healer. And God says to his people, I am the God who heals you. We then see more insight given to his nature and character in Psalms 147 and verse number 3, where it says, God heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. What I want you to know is before we ever get to Jesus, before we ever get to this place where we have the opportunity to reveal the real Jesus, know that God has always had a plan to bring healing to the hearts and to the lives of his people. Psalms 107 and verse number 20 says this, that God sent out his word and he healed them. God has always had a plan to bring healing into our life. And the reason for that is because ultimately God is going to bring us to the full and final and glorious revelation of who he is, and that is in Jesus. And the first thing that I want to leave with you here today, first big idea, is really straightforward and simple, that the real Jesus is a healer. Since we're talking about who Jesus is and what he's about, know that the real Jesus is a healer. Acts chapter 10 and verse number 38 says this, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. The real Jesus is a healer. God healed in the past. He heals in the present. And he will heal in the future. The real Jesus is a healer. And you're here today, a part of a church that believes in the sovereign, providential, supernatural healing that comes from this wonderful man that we worship as Lord and Christ named Jesus. We believe that Jesus is a healer. Now, that statement can be controversial within the walls of different kinds of churches and against different lines of Christian thought because really there are two extremes. As we start talking about healing and God's intention to heal, there are two basic extremes that are, that are believed on the spectrum within the Christian faith concerning healing. The one extreme is called cessationism. Somebody that would believe this extreme would be identified as a cessationist, which means that they believe that, yes, God healed in the past. Yes, the Holy Spirit was seen, felt, experienced, and moved in the past. That yes, the spiritual gifts, one of which being healing, existed in the past, but it's over now. It's done. It has ceased. And that it is no longer relevant for today's believers, for today's church. 
that God's power, that God's, that God's supernatural touch, that God's desire to be involved in a supernatural way in our lives, that it no longer exists. It has ended. That's one extreme. Because we as a church, we, we because we are seeking to know and to experience the real Jesus, that is not our position. We don't believe that. In fact, we have seen God's healing power, supernatural power on display so many times. And even today in this gathering, we have felt the Holy Spirit. We've been touched by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is alive and it's moving. There is no way that we would ever be considered cessationists. And then there's another extreme of healing. And this extreme is that this belief, this teaching is that if you have enough faith, if you put enough faith in God and walk around with enough faith in your life that you will never be sick, you'll never be sick. In fact, if you ever feel like a cold coming on, a sinus infection, you just need to declare and decree that God is a healer, rebuke that sickness, and you'll never have any more problems if you have enough faith. And that if there is something wrong, if you do have some physical life somewhere, there must be a lack of faith in your life somewhere. And that if we'll just speak the word of faith enough, and if we believe enough, then none of us will ever be sick. And that extreme is also one that we do not ascribe to, nor do we propagate because it's not consistent with what we know that the Bible teaches, nor is it consistent with the real Jesus. These are the extremes. The real Jesus, though, is a healer, and God still heals. God has healed, he does heal, and he will heal. And the way that we access that healing is through calling on Jesus in faith. We go to Jesus in faith and, and we surrender whatever it is that we have to him and, and we put it into his hands and we trust him as the healer. Father, we trust you to heal us. We know you have the power. You know you, we know you have the desire. We believe for our healing today. And if you choose not to heal, we still worship you as the healer, as God. You're God. We're not God. We come to you, but we know that God heals. And we know this because James chapter number 5, which is speaking to a New Testament church just like us, says this, James 5 verse number 13, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And you see why we do the things that we do here as a church. We pray, we sing, we worship, we have prayer partners, we pray for healing in people's lives because the real Jesus is a healer. I had an amazing conversation yesterday with a retired army ranger by the name of Lee. 
Lee's a pretty bad dude. He had no idea what I was going to be preaching about today. And just because he's a believer and we were hanging out, he shared with me something that he personally got to experience in his life. Former Army Ranger. He lives in Concord, North Carolina. He told me about a time from a number of years ago when his 66-year-old mother suffered a terrible stroke. In fact, it was so severe and she had such medical complications that the doctor said she is not going to survive. Call in the family, prepare for the worst, because that is going to be the outcome. And he started to describe to me some of the symptoms that she was experiencing. And and it's very, very common if you know anyone that's ever suffered a stroke. One, she couldn't speak. She, she lost her ability to communicate altogether. And then one side of her face was, was droopy. And, and he described it to me, though, as it being a severe case of, of a droop that accompanies a stroke. That her face was so messed up on the one side that it was basically disfigured. Her arm on that same side of her body drew up near to her body and twisted, rendering it completely incapacitated, completely unable to be used. And then the leg on that same side of her body then also got twisted, and it got so contorted and twisted up that the foot was twisted around and drawn up in such a way that the foot started turning black and blue from a lack of circulation, that, that the drawing in of the leg was so serious and was so severe that it was impeding circulation into her foot. And then the rest of the leg, it started to turn like a pale white because of, again, the lack of circulation. A very, very serious, serious situation. Again, the doctor told my new friend Lee, this former army ranger, your mother is going to die. Lee at the time was not living for Jesus. He had been kind of raised up in church and then went, went his own way to sow wild oats and sometimes do what, what we do. And he was not at that time surrendered to Jesus and living for Jesus, but he remembered somewhere in the back of his mind that when the chips are down, and when circumstances are hopeless, and if you have nowhere else to turn, and you have no one else to go to, you can go to Jesus. Doesn't matter if you've been in the military, doesn't matter if you've been in special forces, doesn't matter if you've taken lives, it doesn't matter how much of an alcoholic you are, doesn't matter how many drugs you've done, doesn't matter how wild your life has been. Somewhere in the back of his mind, he remembered there is Jesus, the real Jesus, that can actually do something about what's happening with my mother. I love her. I don't want to see her go. And so he reached out. This man, Lee, who was at the time far from Jesus, he reached out to a pastor that he remembered from back in the day, Pastor Harry Brown from Brunswick, Georgia. And he called in. He still knew his name. Pastor Harry Brown came in to that hospital room 
and said, look, Lee, I'm going to pray for your mother, and I'm just going to believe that God is going to miraculously heal her. And Lee said, well, that's why I called you. Do your thing. And he said he stood there and he watched. Again, he's far from God. He said that that Pastor Harry Brown placed his hand on the back of his mother's head and his other hand on her cheek, and he prayed. And as he prayed, he said, Lee told me this yesterday. He said, I watched my mother's face who was drooping so terribly that it was disfigured. I saw it begin to shift and move back as it is supposed to be. He said that after I saw that, he said, I started feeling lightheaded. And Pastor Harry Brown then put his hand on my mother's arm and began to pray. And he said, as he prayed for her, I watched this arm that was twisted and drawn up and completely unusable. I watched with my own eyes, and as Lee's telling me this story, he's crying. I watched with my own eyes as the arm began to unfold and begin to straighten and begin to go back to how it is intended to be. And then he said, I even got more lightheaded. And he said, I should have sat down. And he said, and I'll tell you why. Because when he put his hands on my mother's leg and began to pray for my mother's leg, it was drawn up, the foot black and blue from lack of circulation, the rest of the leg pale white from the same circulatory issues. He said, as he began to pray for her leg, her leg began to twist and move back as it is supposed to be. And he said, I saw the leg begin to turn red and pink like skin is supposed to look when, when blood is flowing through the veins as it is supposed to go. And I watched my mom's leg straighten out. I watched blood return, the circulation return, and I watched the same blood go into her foot, the black and blue go away. And he said, in that moment, I fainted. And we're talking about a man who was in the special forces, who had seen combat. But as he was, was face to face with the real Jesus, Jesus the healer, it overwhelmed him to such a point that he, that he fainted. And he told me, he said, my mother went on to live another 20 years after that moment. And he said, and I, when I saw how real Jesus is and how wonderful Jesus is, he said, I gave my heart and my life back to Jesus and I've been living for Jesus ever since. Can we just thank God for that? The real Jesus is a healer, my friend. But let me tell you, as I, as I get ready to close, As we think about healing, as we think about what he wants to do in our life, here's the last thing that I want you to write down and I want you to remember. Whole is the goal. Whole is the goal. A lot of times we put our attention on Jesus as healer in the realm of the physical. But when God made us, he made us with three distinct parts, three distinct aspects. We have the physical part of us, which is our body, 
our senses. And then there is the soul aspect of us. And the soul aspect of us is speaking to our mind, our, our thoughts, our will, and our emotions. So again, there's a physical part of us. There's a soul part of us, our mind, our thoughts, our will, our emotions. And then there's a spirit side of us. And the spirit side of us is that, that God-like part of us that's, that's eternal, that's going to either be with him in heaven forever or is going to be eternally separated from him. But that's the three aspects of who we are. We are three-part beings and we're three-part beings because we were made in the image of God. God has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Spirit. There's only one God. There's not three gods. But God, this one God, is Father, He's Son, He's Spirit, in the same way that I'm one person, but I have a body, I have a soul, I have mind, will, thoughts, emotions, and then I have a spirit. I have this eternal part of me, this God-like part of me, and... When Jesus, when Jesus came and when Jesus did what he did here on the earth, what we just celebrated a few weeks ago at Easter, he did what he did for a variety of things. Number one, he, he did what he did so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could be brand new, so that we could be right in God's sight, so that we could live in heaven with him forever. But then there was another reason that he did what he did. Another reason that he was whipped. Another reason that he died on the cross. Another reason that he was pierced in his hands and in his feet. And that was to, if his death could provide salvation for us, it could also provide healing for us. And healing for us in all of the aspects of who we are as individuals. Body soul, and spirit. Because some of us, we need healing in our bodies. We've got diabetes. We've had a stroke. We've got cancer. Whatever the case may be, we need healing in our body. But then we also have a soul, mind, will, thoughts, and emotions. Some of us here today are carrying soul wounds. You were abused. You were abandoned. You were betrayed. And a wound was inflicted. It's not a physical wound, but a wound was inflicted in your, in your mind, in your heart. Jesus, a part of the reason he came was to be able to make a way for you to receive healing in all of those areas. That's why whole is the goal. In fact, this was prophesied thousands of years ago by a prophet named Isaiah. This is what he says in Isaiah 53 and verse number 5. It says that Jesus was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Whole is the goal. We can't just focus all of our attention on the physical things just because we can see it, although we celebrate those and, and all, the, all of the things that we know that have happened in the world around us, like what happened with Lee's mother. We can rejoice about all of those things, but there, there's other healings that need to take place in our life. For example, it is, it is impossible to be spiritually mature as long as we are emotionally immature. 
And what good is physical health if spiritually we are anemic and at death's door or emotionally have so many different things that have a hold of our life? His heart, the heart of our Savior today, the real Jesus, it's to heal you, and it's to heal you totally, and it's to heal you completely. Amen. And here's how it goes. Healing, healing starts with surrender. Healing starts with surrender. It starts with a person making a decision to put faith in Jesus and to surrender their life to his leading. Here we call that making a fresh start. And when we do that, it opens the process, the ongoing process of being healed, of being restored, of being delivered from oppression, of being set free. What Jesus does is holistic. Healing is holistic. We want to stand in spiritual wholeness, emotional wholeness, physical wholeness, and the real Jesus is here to make it all possible. Do you not remember what it said in Acts chapter 10 and verse number 38? And do you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and that's why Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We get oppressed in different aspects of our life, different parts of our life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, but the real Jesus is a healer, and he desires to heal you, and he wants to heal you. It's just a matter of us surrendering to him, saying, Jesus, this is out of my control. And I know that even in this moment, I may be far from you, but I trust that you love me, that you have my best interest in mind. And not only do you want to heal this aspect of my physical health, but I know ultimately you want to heal my spiritual self. And you want to bring restoration to the emotional and intellectual part of me as well. Will you stand with me here today? The real Jesus is a healer. In fact, so much so that I want to continue talking about this a little more next Sunday. I'm going to next Sunday talk with you more about Jesus being a healer as we kind of go into a part two of today. There's a few more things that are important to know, and I hope you'll come back so that we can learn and celebrate together. But Jesus is a healer. In fact, right now, I would like some of our prayer partners, just two or three prayer partners, just to come down, stand here in the front as, as we normally do, if we could just get a couple of prayer partners to come. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back into a song right now where we're going to magnify Jesus. And I want to give you an opportunity today to respond to the Word of God. I want you to respond today to the faith that you feel flickering on the inside of you. Here's the thing. You might come forward for physical healing. 
spiritual healing, emotional healing. We don't know. All we know is that Jesus loves you and Jesus wants to move in your heart and life today. And I want to close out this service by giving you an opportunity. We're going to sing and we're going to have a time of prayer and then we'll close it out. But I want to give you the opportunity to experience the real Jesus for yourself. All right? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to pray for you here today. And today, if you want special prayer for whatever's happening in your life, I encourage you to come as we sing. But I just, in this moment, I want to encourage you to surrender to Jesus. Make a fresh start here today to Jesus. I want you today, maybe if it's for the first time or the first time in a long time, to just in your heart and then with your mouth say, Jesus, you are going to be the Lord and the leader of my life. I'm going to trust you with my, with my health. I'm going to trust you with the situations that are happening all around me. Jesus, I am inviting you in to who I am, to my heart, my life, my family, fully and completely. Come on. Come on. Lift your hands with me right now. Jesus, I thank you for your power. I thank you for your presence in this place. Move and do a mighty work. Confirm your word. We thank you that our trust can be put in you. You are a great and awesome God. You're the real Jesus. And there's no one and nothing like you. We honor you and we give you praise today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's sing together. And aren't you thankful for that, church? Come on, let's just thank the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, it's now time for our final act of worship. And this is when we give our money and our financial resources towards returning the tithe back to God, giving offerings so that God's work can continue to move forward. And as we're preparing to do that, things are coming up on the screen. I just want to say today to those of you that might be visiting again for the first few times, we're so thankful that you're here. And we'd love to be able to pray for you and to keep you connected about different things happening in the life of our church. So before you go, that card that was there at your seat that says next steps on it, take a moment and fill that out. And just, just indicate that you're a VIP, your contact information is there. And then as you leave, you can drop it off in the box at the back, or you can take it to the tent in the lobby. We've got a gift that we want to give you. But we just want you to know we're thankful that you are here today, and God's getting something started in you that's going to be absolutely amazing. A great adventure begins today with him, and we're thankful for it. And maybe today, a moment ago, as we were wrapping up the message or in that time of singing and prayer, maybe you, you decided in your heart that you were making a fresh start, that you were surrendering your life to him. Again, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, but we want to celebrate that decision with you and help you walk out this new life that began in you today in regards to your faith. And that same card, it says next steps, indicate on there that you made a fresh start and then as you leave, again, drop it off in the box or take it to the tent. We have a gift there for you as well that's going to kind of help you walk out the newness and the change and the transformation that God is going to be doing in you and, and for you. I'm just thankful for this chance that we had to be together today. I'm thankful that God's presence is here in such a beautiful way. I hope that you go and have an amazing week. Go make your life matter. Let's come back next Sunday. The real Jesus will continue. We love you. Have an awesome week.